We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, this is Dirk Nowitzki, and you listen to the Mavs Step Back Podcast. Let me step back for a minute, tired of the gimmicks, see we just focused on winning. Ball in the airline center, we about to get litty. Luca carrying a torch, Borden jumped up on the porch. How you reckon with his force? Third season in the game, and he a legend by his fourth. Look, after Dirk, now the king of Dallas. Airline serving as the palace. Young team, and it's full of talent. Want revenge, we accept the challenge. Luca carrying a legacy. What it take to be an MVP? Being great, know it cost a fee. Know it really ain't that hard to see. Hold on, wait. Silence the critics, cause they never did it. Pass out Jordan, I woke up the city. Map shoot hot like we straight out the chimney. Go back to Batman, I'm calling them Drizzy. Mo triple doubles, I'm waiting on 50. Step back smoother, you know it's so filthy. If I get down on my team, gonna lift me. Rep the map, step back. Overcame the setbacks. Starting where we left that. No, we gotta get back. No, we gotta get back. Rep the map, step back. Overcame the setbacks. Starting where we left that. No, we gotta get back. Like, no, we gotta get back. Let me step back for a minute. 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 How's it going, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Mavs Step Back Podcast. Uh, tonight, we're doing things a little bit differently. Uh, instead of being joined by my co-host, Matt Galatson, uh, on this one, I'm joined by Taylor Peterson, uh, who is a host for the Uncontested Podcast. It's an Oklahoma City Thunder podcast right here with us uh, on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. And Taylor and I, we, we recap the Mavs' 87-78 to 78 win over the Thunder, and we gave positives and negatives for both teams uh, from that game. Uh, we gave, you know, how we're feeling about each team's uh, season at this point uh, as we're close to the NBA All-Star break, talked about some trade speculation stuff. We really got into a little bit of everything, so... Hope you enjoy this one. Again, this is me and uh, Taylor Peterson from the Uncontested Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Hope you enjoy. Everybody, thank you for tuning in. I think we have seven uh, seven people uh, in, in the room right now, or eight people now, which is awesome. Uh, we're just getting started. Um, so this is a crossover podcast, a crossover, I guess, Blue Wire podcast with uh, the Uncontested uh, OKC Thunder podcast and NBA podcast and the Mavs step back podcast, uh, Dallas Mavericks podcast. And, uh, we're excited to break this one down. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, look, uh, the, the first half of that game, we didn't really get a NBA quality basketball just to put it nicely, uh, from both sides. It was, <laughs> it was rough. It was really, it looked like we were watching a, uh, a G league game or a summer league game there for a little bit, but, uh, it improved, it improved for the Mavs and the, uh, 
in the third quarter and it didn't really uh, get much better for the Thunder, unfortunately, for the offside. But <laughs> I, I joked around, Dalton. Uh, so I got uh, first of all, uh, this is Taylor Peterson. I'm one of the co-hosts here at the Uncontested, and we have Dalton Trigg uh, of the Map Step Back. Um, so, yeah, like you said, it, it was pretty rough from the very beginning. It seemed like both teams kind of were maybe uh, already on their way to uh, to the All. Yeah, yeah, the Mavs. They've they've had such a time. Uh, early on this season, you know, they, they started out okay. Uh, and then, as you probably know, they uh, <laughs> they hit a really rough patch with uh, a lot of their key guys getting COVID. And, you know, Luca, he, because the season started a lot sooner than a lot of people thought, he was out of shape and uh, had to work his way back into shape. And then KP, he came back from his meniscus injury. He didn't play the first nine games of the season, had to work his way back. So, there's been a lot, of, and I mean, there's been a lot of times where the Mavs have been fully staffed, so to speak, and they've still been kind of disappointing. But overall, they they have had a lot of reasons, you know, to to underperform in the first half of this season. But for this team to uh, to be 18 and 16 going into the All Star break, and having won nine of its last 11 games, and you know, fully healthy for the most part. Uh, I, I'm pretty thrilled about it, but uh, what about I think you? that's a good place to start. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say even even before we jump to this game, just specifically because, like you said, it, it was pretty rough all around. But you know, obviously, you guys didn't have Luca tonight. Um, he set out uh, basically for rest. That uh, they they call it, you know, him resting his back. But um, it sounds like he's going to be fine to persist to participate this weekend. Yeah. Uh, and, and also, <laughs> he was shooting so he, threes. He was shooting threes after the game ended on the court. <laughs> <laughs> he's feeling just fine. Uh, and, and I don't blame him. He, he deserves that rest, especially as you guys, like you said, I kind of transitioned to the second part of the season. But it's kind of funny you mentioned, you know, all the adversity that the Mavs um, have faced heading into this season because the Thunder have kind of been the opposite. You know, this was a team, Dalton, that, um, you know, Sam Presti kind of, you know, they, they trade away all the stars, all the vets. You know, we trade away Chris Paul. We trade away Dennis Schroeder. We ta- traded away uh, Stephen Adams. And right. it really was supposed to be about, uh, and, and it still is to a large extent, about truly beginning what Sam Presti has really called the the repositioning, which is essentially the rebuild, right? And yeah. um, not intentionally tanking, where you're like going out and trying to throw every game. That's not what we mean when we use the term tanking. That's kind of been a, a, a debate amongst Thunder fans this season, but just kind of almost naturally, right? Um, we didn't expect to be competing like we are. And I think what we found is just uh, the strong culture that this Thunder team and this Thunder organization has in place combined with the coaching staff, um, the, the the good job that they have done, and then just the, the great group of players that they have. This is a team, this Thunder team, that fights every single night, <laughs> even if it didn't really look like it tonight. Um, yeah. And they really have surprised us. We, we didn't expect them to be playing this well heading into the All-Star break. Um, so, again, you know, it, tonight was kind of an abnormal uh, abnormality, even, even if it didn't seem like it. Um, you know, they, they really did not play their best brand of basketball. But I think that's kind of credit to the Mavs. So maybe that's a good transition here, Don, uh, for us to kind of – Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, I, let's be honest. I mean, I, I didn't – with Luka sitting out, I think the last time Luka sat out a game, you know, the Mavs, they were playing the Chicago Bulls, and they thought that would be kind of a an easy win. <laughs> and here, they here. ended up losing to the Bulls by double digits in that hey, game. Uh, so Coach I was – Thunder coach Billy Donovan there. <laughs> yeah, and, I, and look, I, going into this one, I was thinking, okay, this is this is probably a trap game because you guys lost uh, your last Ooh. game by thirty points, yep. and you had uh, the Thunder had four or five days off between then right. and now. Right. I mean, it's weird because especially during this weird, um, this weird basketball season, which is something, you know, another topic for both of our teams. You kind of mentioned this at the top of the podcast uh, or top of our locker room segment here. But, um, you know, just this this strange season of players having to quarantine and, you know, contact tracing. um, Yeah, we haven't had three, three days off in between games all season. Yeah. And, and like you said, we I think we kind of expected um, expected this team to be refreshed and ready to go and, and to come out swinging. But instead, they almost looked like they still were still were on break. Yeah, and I mean to to be fair to the Thunder too. I mean, I don't think I don't even think they thought that the Mavs would play as good of defense as they did in this one. Now, you know, yeah. uh, the Thunder they missed a lot of shots, but I think overall this was this was likely 
uh, the Mavs' best defensive game of the year. It's right up there with that. Uh, they beat the Clippers by 50 uh, very early that. on, and I think they held them to like 73 points or something. So uh, it, this was a rare defensive performance, uh, elite defensive performance. Like you said, especially without lookout, um, that was very interesting. So – like you said, probably a, a good transition here to kind of jump to some positives and negatives from this game for both teams. And obviously, um, you know, so, so with the, the Mavericks beating the Thunder 87 to 78, extremely just low scoring game, a grinder of a game. Um, I think the Mavs defense is one of the first things that stuck out to me as well. And especially when you take into consideration, Dalton, their, their defense on Shea. Shea Gills Alexander has just right. really taken a big leap for us this season. Um, I mean, to to the point where we went from saying, you know, is this a guy who is more of a two B on a quote unquote championship contender moving forward to wait, is Shea actually making that leap to be a a one A 1A or a one B on a championship contender? Um, but tonight only fifteen points, five of fifteen shooting, and the thing that stood out to me the most about how the Mavericks were defending him. Um, you know, just they, they continue to, they, they really mix it up on them. They, they threw a lot of double teams at them, which really uh, threw off Shea, especially with your guys' length and versatility out there. Um, the other thing that you guys did is you switched some on screens um, when there was another lengthy right. uh, athletic defender who could switch and guard Shea. But there was other times where, where it like Josh Richardson, for example, would, would slip a screen and would stay on Shea. You guys really just continue to switch it up on them. And I, I thought it yeah. was a a great defensive scheme against a guy like Shea Gillis-Alexander, who's been fantastic this season. Well, what they did, and, and you're right, Shea's been outstanding this year. Uh, really liked him with the Clippers. And then when that trade went down, I was like, you know what? That's going <laughs> to that's gonna be one of those <laughs> really good pickups for Sam Presti. But, uh, I mean, they basically ran the defense that every other team has run against Luka this year, which is – we're going to double him as much as possible, and we're going to force the rest of the guys yes. on that team to beat us. And, yes, you know, I'm just going down the box score here. Baisley, two of eight from three. Uh, Dort, one of five from three. Only one of nine overall. And I, that's probably my fault. I jinxed him before the game. <laughs> you did jinx him. Uh, <laughs> you did it. It's okay. <laughs> I was saying I wanted the, the Mavs to trade for him. So, of course, he goes out and shoots one of nine. But, uh, Horford, oh of three. uh is it Maldon? I don't know how to say his last name. Maladone. So we always said Maladon also, but it, it, we found out it is Teo Maladon. Uh, but you, you're right, Teo, only one of five from three. Um, actually, the, the Thunder player with the most three-point shots made um, on the team was Ty Jerome, who came back to us in the uh, the Chris Paul trade this offseason. Uh, yeah, he was this, good. It was basically Paul. And, and he was he, – he, like, got – so he – he fought injuries quite a bit last season um, and uh, with the, with the Phoenix suns. And then, you know, he got traded here. Then he tweaked his ankle um, at the very beginning of, you know, quote unquote training camp is much more of a rush training camp <laughs> this off season. Right. Um, and then, so he, he really didn't play. I mean, we didn't even see him. You didn't really see him on the bench. You didn't really see any interviews with him. Well, all of a sudden the G league bubble occurs and we finally hear of, of uh, Ty Jerome, you know, he's, he's going down and playing with the blue. His first game with the blue was a little rough and he's really started to get it together. And then what happened is Hamadou Diallo, who actually has been a big spark for us uh, off the bench this season and has been playing much more poise as, as our uncontested listeners have heard us talk about, much more controlled and playing really well. Well, he tweaked his growing here a couple games ago. So they ended up calling Ty Jerome back up. Um, and this was his third game with OKC Thunder. And he really hasn't pressed, you know, uh, and maybe this is another good transition to another, uh, to another positive. This time, the first positive, I guess we're bringing up for the OKC Thunder being Ty Jerome. Um, Ty Jerome goes from a tying a career high against the uh, Denver Nuggets um, last game uh, with 15 points tonight. He has 13 points, five of seven from the floor and three of four from the field. Um, just really seems to fit really well with this Thunder squad. And it's a huge surprise for us. Uh, Thunder fans, when we, quite frankly, we weren't even sure if Ty Jerome was, you know, we joked about this, obviously, but we weren't even sure if Ty Jerome was a real person um, heading into the G League bubble. Because <laughs> we had never barely seen the guy. Uh, well, yeah, so, yeah I, I thought he had a good game. Yeah, yeah, he, he definitely was. I thought that, you know, he was pretty much the the lone bright spot <laughs> for the Thunder out of this game. You just are not wrong. Of, just because of how well he played in his, his 29 minutes. I, 
Yeah, I think right. uh, well, y'all might have something there. You bring up a good point. Yeah, you bring up a very good point. You know, the, the fact that he got 29 minutes, um, you know, part of that, obviously, uh, this is a, a season for the Thunder of uh, – you know, of kind of a trials. Um, this is the season where you do throw out a guy like Ty Jerome and see what you have in him. Um, we're kind of seeing that with Alexei Pokushevsky. We saw that uh, early on in the season when Dagnall, Coach Dagnall for the OKC Thunder would throw out uh, Poku and, and just throw him, basically throw him into the fire and see what he's capable of, but also um, sending him down to the G League bubble so he can get some more minutes with some more opportunity. Um, we're also seeing that right now with Ty Jerome, where Dagnall has just kind of thrown him in, and uh, they're, they're playing him quite a bit of minutes right now, especially with Hamadou Diallo out, like I mentioned earlier, just kind of to see what they have. Um, so I thought that was, A, a positive that Ty Jerome has been playing so well and really seems to fit really well with this team, and they seem to potentially have something here, um, you know, a couple of our co-hosts, Justin and Jacob, had uh, some post games in uh, the past couple of nights, or I guess past past week or so, where they have mentioned, you know, Ty Drum's not really on any scouting reports, so we have to take all this with a grain of salt. Um, but he's doing things, I think, that even uh, when he is being defended differently and being focused on, I think he's still able to improve on, still able to impact the game. Yeah, and I, look, I think it's funny that uh, you mentioned that this this you know if there's a season where you throw a guy like that out there just to see what you have it would be this season. And that's one thing that from, from our side, from the Mavs side, you know, a lot of, a lot of Mavs fans get frustrated with Rick Carlisle because <laughs> we, uh, we had one of the, you know, on paper, it seemed like one of the best drafts the Mavs have had in a long time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, aside from trading from Luca two years ago. I, mean, but still, I was a was huge Terry fan. Speaking of which, um, uncontested listeners, just really quick, if you guys have not, uh, be sure to check out the Mavs Step Back podcast because they had Tyrell on the pod. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we, we had a good talk with Tyrell. He, he's with the Memphis Hustle in the G League bubble, and, I mean, he he just recently injured his hand, so his, his last game wasn't that great. But up until that point, I mean, he was he was killing it. Uh, he was averaging like 17, five and three and shooting nearly 40% from three. So he has something to offer there. Uh, Tyler Bay has been the best of all the Mavs rookies. Uh, he just had a 17 and 17 game uh, the other night. Uh, they have in Josh Green. I mean, he, he, has, right. he has something to offer too. So given how limited the end of the Mavs roster is, like, I don't know if you saw it, you know, I don't know if you're as focused on it as I am watching it from a Mavs perspective, but James Johnson, oh, like yeah. I, I t- I, I'm in a group chat with a couple of guys, and I tend to be, like, if I ever have, like, a really negative take or I'm upset about something, I usually try to keep it in the DMs and not <laughs> put no, it on the, on on the, the timeline. But I sent a DM tonight, and I was just like, you know – James Johnson is going to give me an aneurysm at one point <laughs> because he's just – he cannot shoot the ball. And hey, you're welcome for James Johnson, by the way, you know? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> former Thunder legend played a total of zero games for us, um, but he was on, on our roster before we traded him to you guys. Yeah, and I mean, I, the shot is broken. I mean, he's an expiring contract. Right. I, right. I, you know, if you're playing him just for defense, I mean, I can see that, but – I would much rather give those minutes to guys like Tyler Bay and Josh Green, uh, Josh Green, you know, who are defensive Absolutely. players who have upside, and it just doesn't seem to work that way with Rick Carlisle. Maybe that changes in the second half of the season. Maybe James Johnson ends up getting traded at the deadline because he's a he could be a valuable expiring piece for somebody but yeah, no, absolutely for a championship good, good for you guys getting to know your young players <laughs> yeah well, that's, that's good to hear that's good to hear um so dalton uh give me one more positive that really stuck out to you uh from from the maverick side tonight i'll, I'll do one more positive on the thunder side then we'll get into some negatives before we invite some of these people up to do some some locker room questions well, my, my other positive is uh, Christoph Porzingis because I, – I thought you were going to get into that because he, he looked much better. Yeah, he, he's had an up-and-down season so far, but finished with 19 points, 13 rebounds. Uh, it's the kind of – from the field. I mean, almost right. 50%. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's the kind of game you want to see from KP, especially with Luka out. And the thing that sticks out to me, too, on the season he's been a, a – negative with his net rating so like more times than not just by advanced stats he's been a negative more than a positive and he was a 
team high plus sixteen for the Mavs tonight. So he was giving you he was giving you good stuff on both ends, and that's what uh, that's what really stuck out to me. That was a big big positive for me. Especially with Luca out, I mean, I, I yeah. think that's pretty huge. I, obviously, uh, teams are going to be focusing in on on KP, and then um, also Jalen Brunson w- w- when Luca is out. I thought both the guy, those guys really shined tonight uh, with Luca out, and it really kind of rose to the occasion. Yeah, Brunson has been amazing this year. He's on well. He's shooting 85% from the free throw line. But other than that, you know, he'd be on pace for – he's close to 50-40-90 efficiency. Uh, so he's been really good. Tim Hardaway Jr., we know what he can do um, off the bench for the Mavs here lately. Just overall, it was, uh, it was a good team effort from the Mavs with Luca out. I mean, they couldn't buy a three <laughs> – well, that was the weirdest part. I mean, you guys are, are one of the best three-point shooting teams in the in the league. And uh, we're one of – what was it, one of 19 at one point? It was one of tw- – they started out one of 20, and then they went seven of their next 20. So. <laughs> they end up eight of 40. So the Mavs on the night shoot 20% from three, and uh, the Thunder, you know, shoot way better, a whopping uh, 23.1% from three. <laughs> so we got you guys on that stat. And a final oh. score of 87 to oh 78. And see – I was hoping, you know, Thunder PR occasionally will, will tweet out a, uh, you know, the, the last time this happened kind of set. They didn't do that tonight, and I don't blame them one bit, but I would love to know, and I, I just didn't have time before we did this podcast, would love to know the last time the Thunder um, scored under 80 points uh, to end a basketball game, because I, I can promise you it's not very recent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was very low scoring. This Somebody, uh, a lot somebody, of on, my, somebody on my timeline said something about, well, the the game from 2008 has ended. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You, yeah, exactly. Exactly. You would think that like Dirk and, um, oh gosh, I don't even know who, like Kendrick Perkins were just trading buckets, you know, <laughs> in the pain all night. Um, but so, uh, just one more positive for me. We'll get into some negatives from both teams. And, and like I said, we'll get into some, some locker room questions from some of our, some of our listeners. We have quite a few in here. We really appreciate yeah. you all. Um, so it, just really quickly, Teo Maladon, I don't want to dive into him, but he has been playing really well for us. And in a night where there wasn't a lot of points being scored, I thought Teo continued to play a poised game, especially for a rookie. Um, just today was announced alongside Lou Dort as a rising star uh, for the world roster. Again, that, that game won't be played, but I thought that was awesome. But Teo was recognized, and I think it just shows his potential. Um, 11 points tonight on 5 of 10 shooting, only 1 of 5 from 3. He, he has a really nice nice stroke, but just kind of needs to – and really nice uh, fluid motion, but really needs to – just kind of gain some confidence. And we've seen that uh, in, in spurts throughout the season where he he does get that confidence going in a game from three and plays really well. Just wanted to briefly mention Teo, but I think the guy I'm going to bring up here in the quote-unquote positive section is going to be uh, – there's going to be a lot of Thunder and Mass fans scratching their head when I say this. But I want to talk about Darius Beasley, and here's why. Um, it, for all of our uncontested listeners who are listening to this, We've talked a lot about the roller coaster of a season that that Darius, that has been Darius Baisley. Um, you know, he he goes from having you know multiple uh, double doubles and and points and rebounds and playing efficiently to games like you know here about a week ago, uh, I guess it, I think it was a game against no the Spurs was a game he got it. No, it wasn't. I was thinking the Spurs was the game he got it going. He, he, we played the Spurs last week, and you could just see in his body language, he just looked defeated, just standing in the corner with his hands down, completely yeah. disengaged, um, not high-fiving teammates, um, you know, almost a little immaturity uh, in, in a sense. But what I love the most from Baisley tonight, Dalton, is, look, he didn't have like a stellar game by any means. But he started out slow again, and typically what we've seen is when Baisley starts out slow. I mean, you even tweet this out. You know, he was jacking from three, um, and he wasn't making them. But what he did is he drove to the rim. He he uh, he drew a couple fouls, uh, one or two on KP, and that kind of got him going. And and what we saw was not him getting frustrated and discouraged, but it came out and was actually a really huge spark for the Thunder and a large large reason they stayed in the game even as long as they did in that first half was because he didn't. Um, he didn't just, you know, put his head down and mope around. You know, he he was determined to continue to impact the game on both ends of the floor. So that's growth on Baisley's side. And there's going to be games, I think, moving forward where we see Baisley have another 20-plus points and 10-plus rebound game. Um, I just hope to see that more cons- consistently. But tonight was finally a, a good step in the right direction in terms of consistency. Yeah, o- overall, I like his game. He's a guy that I wanted the Mavs to take a chance on in the second round of that draft. And it just, you know, it never happened. But uh, I think, if I remember correctly, in pre-draft stuff, that was one of the knocks on him was 
the immaturity thing. He didn't, he didn't play college basketball. Um, right. I, maybe some Mavericks listeners don't, don't know this just really quickly. You know, this is a guy who um, opted out, you know, was signed by clutch sports. Um, I guess he signed Clutch Sports <laughs> to be <meet> his representatives, <laughs> not the other way around. Um, he opted out of, of college basketball, didn't play overseas, took a quote-unquote gap year. There's actually a documentary about that and interned at New Balance where he was basically training in the mornings and evenings and working in a corporation during the day. And it came in and last season was his, his first time playing organized basketball in like two years or I guess a little over a year. Um and then, I mean, last year was, as everybody knows, um, certainly wasn't a conventional rookie season for any of the rookies. So uh, Basie hasn't had anything but consistency coming into the league. And it has been impressive to see what he's, how he's grown, even with all those in, in, inconsistencies. I can't talk right now. <laughs> no, that's fine. Look, I, and like I said, I mean, I, I really like his game. And I think, you know, the longer he stays in, and I think he's in a good situation with the Thunder. Like you said, Sam Presti, he's – He's been pretty uh, open about this being, a, you know, a, re- a rebuild or a transitioning, you know, type of deal for them. So I think he'll be fine in the long run. But, look, I want to I point out one thing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> I want to point out – I'm going to go ahead and point out my negative because it just jumped out at me because I've just been, like, staring at this weird box score. <laughs> Mavs scored 12 weird. points in the fourth quarter. Like <laughs> interesting. I can't. It, it, it doesn't even seem. I, I yeah, that's crazy because it seems like they were in such control in the fourth quarter. Well, it wasn't even just that. I mean, um, <laughs> the first half even um, was just yeah. That, that that's interesting. It, it seemed like they're finally in, in control there. I mean, a huge third quarter for the Mavericks, and like you said, that fourth quarter they only scored twelve points. That's interesting. Well, they had this thing where in like in, in their last game they they beat the Orlando Magic and. They only won by five, but they were up by like 17 or something like that with four minutes left, I, I believe. And they ended up only winning like by five. And, you know, it's the same thing in this one. I think they were up 22 at one point. Yeah. Yep. And <laughs> just scored 12 points in the world. They, they just have trouble finishing sometimes. So I mean, and that wasn't even. And, and to your point, it wasn't. It, it, there was a certain point there in the fourth quarter where Dignall, uh, you know, the Thunder playing the Spurs tomorrow night on a back-to-back. Dignall pulled the starters essentially outside of Teo Maldon and just kind of let that second unit, um, some of the third-string guys, even run. And, and you're right; they they were able to kind of score, and uh, the Mavericks were not able to score against those guys. Um, so that, that's certainly something worth pointing out. I, I'm with you there. I think um, the, the biggest thing. Sorry, excuse me. I think the biggest thing I want to point out, um, the negative that sticks out to the most to me, you know, oftentimes I, I don't want to just go off like box score numbers, you know, sometimes with having individual, individual players or things that don't show up on the box score. But tonight, I mean, we mentioned this for both teams, but for the Thunder, only shooting 29 of 87, 33.3%. And most importantly, 9 of 39 from 3, 23%. I mean, that's killer. And again, it, I tweet this out. I'm not saying this is true by any means, but it, it certainly seemed like two teams who were uh, already thinking about all-star break Lincoln. And maybe that is a thing. Uh, I'm sure there is some of that there. I don't think that was necessarily the case tonight. Um, I, again, you have to credit the Mavericks defense because they did a really good job of just slowing the Thunder's momentum early on. And I think that kind of led to them just not being able to break out of, uh, of um, kind of the slump that they were put in due to the Mavericks uh, perimeter defense. But still, this is not something we're accustomed to seeing this season. Like I mentioned at the top of the podcast from this Thunder team. So I've got to say the shooting from the field and specifically the three-point line is a huge negative for the Thunder tonight. Hey, y'all. I wanted to take a second to tell y'all about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other host. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Interesting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports podcast experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more. But that's bwhustle.com slash join. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything. Which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. I'm Given everything that has gone on in this season, I'm... I'm absolutely thrilled that the Mavs are two games over 500 yep. uh, going into this all-star break. So for the OKC Thunder, 14 and 21, I mean, given the, the roster situation and everything, I mean, where where are you at with them right now? So, yeah, again, this is, a good, I think, a good transition to kind of bring it back full circle before we invite the people on to, to answer some locker room questions. Um I, I'm, I'm very impressed with this Thunder team and this Thunder organization, and they're exceeding our expectations. Um, I think there was an over-under that we had preseason here on the Uncontested, and we saw a line that somebody put out for like 23 total wins for OKC, and we thought, ew, you know, maybe you want to take the under there. And then here we are, like you said, you know, yeah. almost about to surpass that here prior to the All-Star break. And uh, the biggest thing there has been – um, you know, obviously the, the steps of guys like, uh, or the, the leaps that guys have made like SGA, uh, even Lou Dort, um, and, and just the cohesiveness of this team, bringing in vets like George Hill, who hasn't played for a while due to a, a hand thumb surgery procedure he had to have. Um, but he played well with this team. You have Al Horford, who really is kind of like a, even when he's not putting up big numbers, he's kind of like the quarterback of this team. Um, you have guys coming in off the bench and providing sparks. You know, we've, we've seen Hamadou Diallo make a big leap in his game and, and how he has really uh, gained control, really, of, of kind of his chaos, uh, controlled chaos, and, and is able to use that to his advantage and provide a huge spark for this OKC bench. You have Kendrick Hustle, or Kendrick Hustle, Kenny Hustle, Kendrick Williams doing the same. And then you have young rookies that we didn't think were going to produce, like Teo Maladon, uh, producing so much this soon. Uh, and then right. on top of all that, you have Coach Dagnall coming in and just putting in a really solid offensive and defensive system um, that that players from rookies all the way to the vets like Al Horford are following. So all that to say, I'm super impressed. They're exceeding expectations. Um, I think this is what a true quote-unquote tank, again, there's negative connotations with that term in the NBA because you've seen like, it, you know, Hinky and uh, the the uh, Kings and um, the the Knicks and so many other uh, organizations who, who that, that's not even true tanking. It's just being a bad organization if we're calling it how yeah. it is. Um, it's been very refreshing to see and fun to continue to follow this team. Yeah. So, and I mean, and I mean, the good thing about this year, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know if they'll turn it around enough to 
get to this point, but one of the good things is <laughs> you if you get to that tenth spot in the Western Conference standings, you're in the play-in. So True. Uh, True. there there are only four True. games out of that. Only and four games out of that right now. You know, the Mavs they're sitting at ninth, but they're really only you know a game and a half out of being in the fifth seed. So right, exactly, and that's the Western Conference for you. But this is yeah. a Thunder team. Uh, you know, with guys like Kate Cunningham and Jonathan Kaminga and Jalen Jalen uh, Green, um, you know, you have all the uh, Jalen Suggs. You have all this very impressive talent at the top of this draft as well as the next one. I would not be surprised. Just kind of to, to wrap this this segment of the podcast up, I would not be surprised. And we've talked a lot about this on the Uncontested. Um, if Pressy is trading away some of those guys like George Hill, you know, Mike Muscala, who's had a really good season, some of these vets, and we just kind of see a natural progression back to uh, kind of what we expected early on um, to give the Thunder a chance at at getting one of those top five picks that could potentially be a franchise changer. You know, where we're, yeah. where we're it, talking about the next uh, Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant kind of pairing not that it would be similar but you, you know what i'm getting at yeah yeah and I, we did a on the Mavs step back podcast we did a a big trade primer about three weeks ago i believe oh, okay. interesting and the very last one we talked about on that pod was uh was george hill that oh george hill and the Mavs would be fun I that would be george that, hill that'd be a good. sneaky get oh yeah, absolutely Absolutely. And, you know, all we would require is uh, all of your young guys, as many picks as you guys have, first rounders. <laughs> with, with Sam Presti, I wouldn't expect anything less. <laughs> that is right. But Mark Cuban will not stand up for it. He'll, he'll, he'll come in and, uh, and put an end to that. Yeah. That's really good stuff, Dalton. Um, again, I think a really good uh, way to break down this game, but also kind of uh, to wrap up this first half of the season for both teams. Um, the Thunder do play the Spurs again tomorrow night. Um, do you guys have one more game as well? No, no. This this was the last game. So you guys are in the officially break. on All Star break. There you go. There you go. Well, what do you say about uh, us inviting some friends here? We have yeah, a six game room right now. Um, hey, why don't you guys go ahead and, and request to speak, and we'll bring you up and uh, and answer some of your guys' questions. You can hear my doggie in the back, Brody. <laughs> <laughs> Always good to have some dog friends. On yeah, the that's right. All right. So, and I know some, uh, like uh, some of our followers just joined um, whenever joined locker room. Oh, here we go. Josh uh, Pridemore would like to speak. Josh, I'm uh, accepting you and you're about to be in. Accept. All right. I accepted it, but it's taken a while to show up. That's weird. Okay, Josh, I'm going to invite you to speak now. <laughs> now let's try that. There, there we go. Is. Can you hear me now? We can hear you now. You sound good. Oh, How's it going, Josh? Okay. Um, my question is, if George Hill doesn't get traded or any of the other pieces, do you still think the Thunder have a chance for a top five pick? That's a really good question. Um, and, and just, I guess, without going into like major depth on that question, I'm going to say yes. Because we've seen how the Houston Rockets are. Uh, I think tonight's the perfect encapsulation of the Houston Rockets this season. You have um, you have Al Deepa going for 33, John Wall going for 36, and they still get beat by 15 points. <laughs> and that's not a knock on the Houston Rockets organization. You know, I think they're heading in the right direction as well after trading away James Harden. But the Thunder owned the best uh, the best two of their own pick, um, the Houston Rockets pick and the uh, Miami Heat pick for this upcoming draft, which is a great position to be in. So if you had the, the, the Houston Rockets continue to perform poorly throughout the rest of the season, and then, you know, I, I highly expect uh, even some other bets, even if it's not George Hill to be traded away. Uh, I, I kind of assume the Thunder are not, are not going to continue to outperform like they have been. Um, I, I do think it is, and just all the other assets they have even outside of this coming draft. Um, I would say, yes, it is still a possibility. The Thunder could end up landing a top five pick, um, but it may not be naturally. <laughs> it might be Sam trading up to get that top five pick. That's a good question though, Josh. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. I'm not uh I can't say too much about picks because the Knicks on the Mavs pick this year. So there there's not much. That's fair. <laughs> if anybody asks about fair. Mavs picks, then there's not going to be anything there. Hey, you 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 guys have your Luka. Um at this oh, point, yeah. it, it, it's minor role players not Luka. All right, who is next? Somebody else uh want to submit a speaker request? We have quite a few in this room. I don't know. I, I know Tyler's got a Mavs question in him. I see he just joined. Come on, Tyler. I'm <laughs> believing you. Oh, here we go, Tyler. There it is. There it is. I'm accepting. 
And there he is. Tyler, how's it going? What's up, man? Hey, pretty good. How are y'all doing? Doing oh, good. Doing Appreciate good. Doing good. Um, I actually do not have a Mavs question, Dalton. Sorry to disappoint you. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I, I actually wanted to ask a question about the Thunder. I love it. So, um, you know, <clears throat> obviously the Thunder bought very low on Al Horford. Uh, and when I say bought low, I mean that Sixers literally paid them to get rid of him. So <laughs> w- 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 with that being said, he's obviously had a rebound season. Uh, you know, I guess, A, what are the Thunder hoping to get out of him if they potentially trade him? And then, B, what do you currently see his value at? Yeah, no, absolutely. That's a really good question. Um, You know, surprisingly enough, there was a lot of uh, Sixers fans who, after the trade, um, we saw them tweeting, and we're friends with some of them. You know, we we know some people who cover the Sixers. They actually thought that the Sixers didn't have to pay nearly as much as they thought that the Sixers would have to to trade off Horford's contract, which I found interesting. Um, You know, we did trade them Danny Green, but he has kind of underperformed. but with all that being said, um, Horford has kind of had what you call resurgence. He's, he fits with this culture more. And I, I encourage you guys to go and read the uh, Chris Mannix article on Yahoo Sports um, talk where, where he kind of interviewed Horford. And Horford talked about the Thunder organization, how he fits and how he likes it. It's, it's really interesting and provides some good insight. But with all of that being said, you know, I think the, the goal, like the highest goal that Sam Presley is going to set is to try and get like a first round pick for Al Horford. I think the most likely situation is like some salary filler and maybe a couple seconds. Uh, would, would be yeah. my guess, but um, there's a lot of people, uh, a lot of Thunder fans and, and Thunder media who think that Al Horford may be um, more likely to be traded in the off season. Again, when you have one less season or one less um, year on this contract compared to during the trade deadline, but if Preston could get off that contract now, uh, that'd be pretty impressive. And look, I mean, when it when it comes to Horford, I don't know how much you've kept up with the Mavs in recent weeks, but you know we had that uh, that drama with KP trade rumors, and mm-hmm. uh, you know the Mavs they didn't play for a full week, and then he missed the the next three games coming I mean, out of that break. Out, but no, we weren't looking <laughs> to trade KP. And, yeah, yeah, and there were actually some some Mavs fans that were like entertaining the idea. I saw one. I saw. I saw. Well, I saw two or three people suggest you know even trading KP to. Uh, OKC for Horford and some picks. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Which hey, I mean, hey, so Presty was interested that that first draft that KP originally came into, like the year before he was actually drafted, um, it, it was rumored that the the Thunder were either not only extremely interested in him, but potentially had, uh, or I don't want to, I don't know if he, they actually promised him, but they were very, very interested in KP and he was going to fall kind of under their range, but then he opted out of that draft and came back one year later. So that is, you know, it, it, Presti is known to do some of those kind of projects, you know, Dion Waiters, um, Enos Cantor, um, I just went blank on the one, the other one I was, oh, Nerlens Noel was the most recent one. Um, so it would not be super surprising, but Presti's going to want to buy low, and that's where I think you're going to have the conflict between the Mavs and the Thunder on a KP deal. Yeah. That's good stuff. Hey, Tyler, we appreciate it. Really good question. Yeah. I think we have one uh, from one of my co-hosts here. Uh, let's see. Speaker request, Jacob Niffin, uh, from, live from the grocery store, I believe. <laughs> I'm home from the grocery store now. Oh, we're back. We're back. We're all we're good. good. And uh, I feel it's a little unfair that Taylor's getting all the questions and Dalton's getting none of I them. I know, poor Dalton. All the, yeah. the math fans are super interested in the Thunder. <laughs> yeah, so I will give Dalton a question then so Taylor can, uh, can sit back and listen for a second. Uh, <laughs> Dalton, with the, the trade deadline, uh, as of tomorrow, three weeks away, you mentioned that math step backs. Uh, you guys have done a, a few weeks ago a, a trade podcast. Uh, do you expect the Mavericks to be aggressive at the trade deadline and be buyers considering like you guys have kind of mentioned, they haven't performed where they want to be and they definitely want to make a playoff push. So do you think they're going to be buyers at the deadline and, and what exactly do you think they're going to look for? Well, I mean, it's a good question. I, I, it's a complex question because I, I want them to be buyers. Uh, I would expect them to be buyers given how, you know, undermanned they've looked at times if if Luca's out or you know if Luca's teammates aren't really playing up to an acceptable level so I think they really need to um I do kind of worry that this this spurt that they've been on here recently where they've won nine of the last 11 will kind of give the front office some reassurance like oh yeah (laughs) 
we, we've got this thing figured out. We don't have to be too aggressive. <laughs> we don't have to waste uh, draft. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I do think they'll end up making some sort of trade. I mean, I don't, I don't think it'll be a huge trade. Oh, and the Steven uh, Wimbish in the chat, not to interrupt you, Dalton, but said uh, Porzingis for Vucevic. That is a uh, that's that that interests me. I I, I I actually really like that. <laughs> yeah, no, Vooch has Vooch has KP by about five years. He's thirty. KP's twenty five. Yeah, but CSU. But Luca is a is an all NBA MVP type talent. And if you give him a guy like Vooch, who is consistent on a nightly basis, I I'm very interested. In, I know there there have to be other moving parts to that. But uh, I would I would definitely entertain a, a KP for Vooch trade. But one of the guys that I've been interested in for over a year now, and I, I've labeled him as a, a pipe dream trade target, is Zach Levine with the Bulls. And I'm afraid oh, – I mentioned this on the uncontested. They, they, <laughs> we asked here a couple weeks back, and not to interrupt you, Dalton, but we asked a couple weeks back uh, for some prize – like some, some surprise uh, players who will get traded. And I said, Zach Levine, and what if he gets traded to the Mavs alongside Luca? So continue. You have yeah. me excited. <laughs> my, my, worry, my worry with that is he is, he's been so good this year that I, I almost wonder if he's played himself into that Bradley Beal tier uh, where it's like the Mavs, I don't know what kind of package they could put together that would actually entice the Bulls to trade him unless he just comes out and says he wants to go play for the Mavs. So I don't know. I mean, it, it, we'll know a lot more in a few weeks as we get closer and teams start uh, either winning more or losing more, and they'll have a better picture of what they're looking like in the standings. But uh, that would be that would be my my pipe dream wish. I, I want them to get Zach Levine if possible, even if it meant having to potentially trade KP. I mean, I would I would do that. Uh, maybe something having Laurie Markkinen come back uh, in a trade That's like a that. Fun. I think he's a he's a player in need of a. Yeah, so, I mean, something like that. But on a lower level, uh, I'm really intrigued by these rumors that have been swirling uh, about J.J. Redick. Uh, Kevin O'Connor from The Ringer, he said the Mavs have interest in him. And it really just depends on what David Griffin wants to get back from him. Uh, Bleacher Report put out a, a hypothetical trade thing where it was like, the Mavs were sending Dorian Finney-Smith and Maxi Kleba to the Pelicans for for JJ Redick in a second. I was like, "There's absolutely no way." Look at the shooters. I love it. <laughs> there's there's absolutely no, no way, way that they have to right. Fair. and uh, Finney Smith for for JJ Redick, thirty five year old JJ Redick. But if they can do something like you know send James Johnson back to the Pelicans with a uh, maybe even a second round pick or something like that. Uh, I'd be all for that. That would that would help out tremendously. Uh, getting a shooter like Reddick uh, next to next to Luke, a little bit more consistency there. So I appreciate I like it. Jacob. That's good stuff. No, sorry, I was I was going to see if Jacob was going to say <laughs> he dropped out. Um, <laughs> That's really good stuff. Again, this is our both of our first time doing an actual post game um, here on locker room. You guys delivered. We really, really appreciate the questions. And uh, Dalton, just thank you to you. You know, we reached out to you. You accepted the invite, and we decided to do a crossover pod. It went great, um, great, great content. I really appreciate it. So just kind of yeah, recap the, uh, the the Mavericks <laughs> in a grinder of a game without Luca um, and the Thunder team, who looks like they're already on a star break. Um, the Mavericks beat the Thunder eighty. 80- Sorry. Yeah, the Mavericks beat the Thunder 87 to 78. Um, the Mavericks are officially on All-Star break. Luke will be heading to Atlanta for the All-Star game and the, the Skills Challenge, I believe. And yep. uh, the Thunder have one more game tomorrow night against the Spurs. Um, I actually am covering that one as well. So you guys, you uncontested listeners, are stuck with me again. Um, but again, thank you so much, Dalton. Really, really great pot, uh, really great podcast, really good content. Um, uncontested listeners and Thunder listeners, um, non-Thunder or Mavericks listeners, be sure to check out the Mavs Step Back. Really great content by Dalton and his co-host. They just recently, like I said, had Tyrell Terry on. Just some really good stuff all around. And y'all stay tuned for uh, 
Tuesday of next week because mm-hmm. we're we're having uh, Mavs owner Mark Cuban on the pod. So no way, that that'll is, be a good oh, one. That is awesome, really cool. Okay, you have to do it on locker room so that way I can join and, uh, yeah. and ask him questions. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see what that I can do. Awesome. Hey, worst case scenario, if uh, even if we just do that one like a regular pod. Mavs play the Thunder uh, next Thursday, so we may have to do oh, this. Oh, there uh, we go. After, after All-Star break, we'll, we'll do it again. I love yeah. it. Let's do it. Blue Wire crossover pod um, as as Laz of the uh, Detroit Bad Boys podcast always says, uh, Blue Wire family, you know? So I Absolutely. love it. We'll do it again. Well, thanks again, Dalton. Um, we'll go ahead and, and end this. Both of us have to do so, a little post-production to make this in podcast form, and uh, we'll be talking soon. Yeah, sounds good, man. I appreciate it. And like you said, we'll do this. We'll do this next week. I love it. I love it. Thank you again. We'll talk to you all later. Y'all have a good night. Let me step back for a minute. 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 Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.